welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. And off it is. We're getting closer, Jared. We are getting closer. Welcome into Six Again, guys. My name's Adam. Co-host over there is Jared. I always call his name right when he's having something to drink. He's waving. Yes, we're on YouTube. So if you want to jump on there at some point, links on our page. You can find and criticize our timing of how we start this every single time. Me no, I, I start it when I see an opportune moment on <laughs> your camera where you're not going to be ready. It's perfect. Welcome yeah. in. I think we're up to episode 20 something. 22, I think. Um, it's been really good lately. So we've got a fair bit to talk about uh, with the round three kickoff only, what, a week and a half away. Yeah. Is freaking yeah. And they've finally released some of the games that are going to be played. And that's definitely one of the topics we'll talk about. So rounds three and four have been released. We'll have a look at those, strength of schedule, how the top eight's looking, how the top eight may look at the end of those couple of weeks. Um, and then just all the other little tidbits of information that we do each week, uh, injuries, TV deals, all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, and then we've got two more teams to dissect, best of from 88 to 2020 with the Cowboys and the Sharks. So, how was your uh, weekend, Jared? You would have had a long weekend as well, eh? Yeah. Um, show holiday where I'm at, so it's pretty good. Um, kind of just sat around and did nothing all weekend. It was fantastic. Went to a big bonfire last night, which was good. What about yeah, you, Adam? How was your... With less than 10 people, I'm sure. Of course. Actually, there was. Wait, two, six, seven, seven. Well done. Great. Yeah. yeah what about you, Adam? The little part of the world that we come from, uh, the local show, we still got the holiday for that, even though the show's obviously been cancelled, so that was fantastic. Uh, so we both had long weekends. Yeah, just catching up with family. Uh, my father-in-law's 60th birthday was today, so we took the kids over there and an awesome pulled pork slaw burger lunch, which is pretty cool. And yesterday, we did a uh, Mother's Day a week late. Brother and his sister came. Brother and his sister, bloody hell! Brother and his wife came up from Brisbane, um, and yeah, it was great. Went for a bush walk. Went down to look at waterfall. It's pretty good weekend. Not as tired. Is as Kieran well. is Kieran Boulder? Boulder. <laughs> no, I think it's in winter. Your hair doesn't grow as fast. Yeah, so. Kieran, as you guys remember, Adam's brother will be done our bets earlier in the year that we've lost every single one of them so far. Yep. Except one that's still pending. But we're hoping to have him on again in the next couple of weeks to set up a whole new new ones all by the end of um for the end of the year. So we've got the last <laughs> one we've got riding, I think, on this. Oh no, we've still got the Titans, obviously. The the end of Full season one, but uh, Latrell Mitchell to be in the 3-2-1 conversation against the Roosters next Friday night. So that'll be one to watch. And unless he pulls something magical out of his ass, we're going to be... Might actually, actually have a win there. He's got a big... There's a big amount of space there. So we'll... Um, I'm sure he'll find something. All right, let's have a look. Little tidbits of information before we get onto the big news of the week, which is, of course, rounds three and four. Uh, we're going to start on a sad note with the news that um, one of the two gladiators on the NRL Premiership Trophy passed away on Saturday night or last night uh, in Arthur Summons, age 84. So condolences to uh, Arthur's family and not only a loss to them, but a loss to the game in general. Supposedly... From the, well, from the people that know him, he didn't show a lot of emotion, but from the little bits that we saw each year at the grand final, he had a bit of, uh, what's the word? He had a very dry sense of humour, whereas uh, Norm Proven's a strong, silent, tall man. And then he had this kind of short little Arthur always doing a little joke. Yeah. 
You know, I'm kind of disappointed about the whole thing due to COVID nineteen. Um, if someone passed away, generally on a normal season, they'd get a whole round commemorated to them. Like everyone would minute silence. Um, they probably do a minute silence, but the crowd won't be there to you know pay their respects the whole weekend. So that's kind of disappointing. I wouldn't but, be surprised um, if they did something on Grand Final Day. Well. Oh, it'd be great if they could because, you know, he's going to be forever put on that trophy. So, yeah. So, we did a little, little bit of digging. So, some things you may not know about uh, Arthur Summons played rugby union and rugby league for Australia. And he's one of the very few players who is distinguished with playing for both New South Wales City and New South Wales Country. Um, what? Hmm, I didn't know that. He was the Australian captain in the third of the three Ashes tests in 1962 and then came back in 1963-4 as the captain coach and led Australia to their first Ashes win over Great Britain um, since 1911. So Great Britain used to be pretty damn good at rugby league and the fact they beat us from 1911 to 1963, um, he was the captain coach of the first team to beat them. Unfortunately... uh, our generation wouldn't have got to watch many of those games. No, there are highlights of yeah. um, him playing, so you can jump on a YouTube and have a look at them. But big loss to um, rugby league, and I think Peter Vlandy's actually spoke quite well um, and respectfully, and and really pointed out the uh, the the positives of this man and his life and what he brought to rugby league. So. Um, condolences from six again. Yeah. Um, going on to some better news now. It was announced that uh, Fox Sports, Channel 9, the NRL are still working through their new TV rights deal, considering they supposedly were trying just to get this season back up and running, looking at a seven-year deal uh, worth over $2 billion. So there'll be announcements on that next week. But the good thing coming out this week is that the NRLW or the Women's League is part of the negotiating rights this time. Um, they were written into the existing one in 2018 when the season, sorry, when the competition for the women kicked off. But this is the first time they're actually part of the bargaining agreement, which is great news for the women's game. Well, it gives them a guarantee that they're going to play it because. And get paid. Yeah, well, this whole time, no one's really actually mentioned the women's game that has been really focused on the men. So, yeah, really good. We talked about the Warriors last week, um, asking the government to to help them out because they've been one of the foundation clubs in the women's game. So hopefully, with this up in the news as well, it, it pushes them even further. And Jared and I are both big fans of the women's com. It's really good to really good to watch, um, getting to know a lot of the new athletes. And I'd like to say that the rest are a bit more lenient on their hits because some of the shots in that league are awesome. Jared's just laughing. He's got nothing on that one. Um, other good news uh, from our a previous episode we had with Sandy from the UK talking about whether the NRL would be broadcast. News on that, Sky Sports will be showcasing all eight games in round three and all eight games in round four uh, through Sky Sports. So those fans in the UK, at least, um, will have access to 16 live NRL games uh, they, over um, two weekends, which is huge. Is, is Sky Sports our version of Foxtel, so they have to pay for it? Or is Sky Sports Channel 9? Um, I'm not 100% sure because I know in New Zealand you can get Sky Sports, Sky Sports pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah, but you're saying that I've been there on holidays, I don't know if I pay for it, but even then, it's still better than nothing. And if it's, yeah, we just had that conversation that, um, I don't think they would have paid for it, they would have let it out for free, yeah, in other countries. Sorry, I'll have a look into it right now. Yeah. You keep going. But yes. So that's really good. Um, they're trying to, you know, gain more exposure in other countries, especially while there's no other sport going on in the world, which is great. Oh, Bundesliga's um, kicked off. Oh, yay. 
Um, so the there's some bad news coming out of the Warriors right now, which is not what they needed. Um, who's it? Jazz to Vegas looks like he's gone down for an indefinite amount of time. With I believe it's a knee injury. Yeah, it's pay and TV in the UK. It is pay TV in the UK. Yeah. And yeah, um, Leeson Armia has gone down probably for the rest of the season or if not a pretty decent chunk of it hmm. with a torn peck. Yeah, they've said, so that's four, what about they've said four months. Four months, so about 16, 18 weeks. So he's having his surgery here and then going home after. Yeah, so um, out, of the, out of everyone in the Warriors, other than Robert, Roger Tuovasa-Shek, they were the two people probably you wouldn't want injured. Lisa Narmau was probably their best player in the first couple of rounds, and he played really well for them last year. Yeah, great year last year. Jazz to Vega, well, we pumped him up last week saying he's going to be a massive inclusion for the Warriors just because of the fact of the energy he brings and the quality of, you know, quality of a player he actually is. And he can cover a couple of positions as well. Yes. So. so, yeah, losing, losing especially to Vega is going to be a massive blow to, what's his name, Cameron George's promise to win the Premiership. And I mean, add that on to Bunty Afoa, Tane Milne, and Jackson Frey, who are all recovering from ACL. In saying that too, in saying that too, they have a couple of decent signings coming across next year. And Ben Murdoch Masillo has been coming over. From, is going to come over from England next Ooh, year. That's a good if anyone's out. watched any Tongan games recently, holy shit, he's been the he, out of Fafita Tomalolo and Murdoch Masilla. He, he would definitely be pushing them for man of the matches in their games, especially against Australia last year. He's really taken off in the Super League. It's really yeah. suited his playing style for anyone so, who's been able uh, to watch him. Yeah, and then um, they've also signed a young player that Toby Rudolph. Well, oh, yeah, that was a good yeah. pickup. So not, not officially signed yet, but it looks like he was. And if anyone has been consistently listening... I have named him as my breakout star for Cronulla this year. And he, and I'm not pumping my own thing, but he has yeah. been smashing it this year. Yeah, so he's going to be a really good signing. Um, yeah, really good signing from It looked year. like the Sharks were keen on extending him, but Warriors pretty much got in earlier and got yeah. all wrapped up before Sharks had even opened talks with him. So, um in today's world of things being so kept uh, sorry, to the minute by clubs, it's a bit of a surprise that another one snuck in underneath that. I kind of like that. Yeah, and then um, they've also extended the contract of that really young monster player they're, con- they're comparing to Tamalolo. He was, he was close to their best player in the first two rounds. Um, I think his name is Jermaine Tanua-Brown. So keep an eye on him. He it looks like because of these injuries, unfortunately, he's going to get thrown into starting spot, which possibly might be too early. But saying that too, he's got a lot of good wraps on him. So just kind of imagine paying Haas's size with Justin Jason Tamalolo's running style. That's what they're saying he is. So, well, so with that sort of comparison, I guess he'll start speaking for himself if that rings true. Yeah, well, um, that's what they're saying. But so next year, they're going to have Toby Rudolph, Ben Murdoch, Mansilla, this guy, Tanua Brown, and, you know, you'll have Jazz Tavega, um, Agnatius Parsi, Lisa and Armia. They're going to have a very good forward pack next year. Yeah, but I feel like we say that with the Warriors every two or three years because they had yeah. that influx when Ryan Hoffman came across, Brent mm. Tate. That sort of stuff, um, Steve Price, and yeah, but I've kind of and this, you know, it's only two rounds into it, but the way they've played in their first two rounds and these injuries now, I've kind of ridden them off a little bit this year. Don't imagine they're going to hit too hard, especially missing to Vega. How long's Kerner got? <laughs> well. I don't want to say this too much, but Nathan Brown's over there for a reason, I believe. Um, well, what about so, Graham, Graham Lowe's come out this week and said he wants to coach again at Yeah, 73. he's 73, yeah. And he's a Kiwi. So, yeah, so 
you know, um, I feel like the Warriors decision makers might give Kearney a bit of slack with what's happening this year to them. But um, if not, they'll, if they don't play well this year, they'll hook them this year. <laughs> I imagine even, I imagine Nathan Brown might be coaching them next year. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, yeah, also on so, the injury front, Reed Marnie is um, seemingly quite a bit ahead of time and looking like a shock inclusion for uh, round three. Uh, coming back from a broken foot, wasn't it? Pretty badly broken yeah, foot. So like... he's been running on it. Um, there was nothing more than that. So no sound of contact or agility, but at least running on it's a good sign. Um, and that's pretty much that's a good sign for Queensland. Injuries. Sorry. That's a good sign for Queensland. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, saying that too, injuries is nothing more from uh, last week. John Bateman still not looking great. Kieran Foran's an outside chance for round three, uh, definitely round four. Um, and we'll keep keep updated. It's definitely the Warriors' oh, hardest hit there, this week. There is some news coming out of Canberra with um, Luke Bateman going back to England. Really? Yeah. I missed that one. When did that come Called out? Called it quits. He's gone. He's gone, yes. Skis. Yeah. Oh, it's even now at the end of this year, but yeah, he's they've cut his contract short. So, so yeah. Oh. Kind of actually helps the Raiders, you'd say, with regards to how many Fords they've got down there. So, well, they've got a million Fords. Yeah. And he was never going to make their starting seventeen. No, not the way that Emery Gould started the season and yeah. um, Corey Horsburgh and all those. Yeah. And they've still got. Um, Name skip him in here. Hudson Young to come back as well. Mm. All right. Oh, so, I get uh, cover side, all right. Um, all right. Before we get on to rounds three and four, uh, we're going to take you over to the other side of the uh, world um, to Africa and the Democratic Republic of Congo um, registered rugby league as a sport last June. And they're doing it pretty tough at the moment. Uh, they've had a large amount of flooding on top of the COVID uh, pandemic. They've got about 300 registered players as well as officials and that sort of stuff. So they've put up a GoFundMe page to help raise money to get uh, masks, gloves, sanitary equipment, all that sort of stuff. And we're going to put that link in the show's write-up this week. Um, so it'll be on our website on Instagram just scroll down through the write-up of the episode and you'll see the GoFundMe page link. And if you're in the position to help out, that'd be awesome. Help out our rugby league brothers and sisters over uh, in Congo, which is awesome to see the rugby leagues reaching that far. Um, not great to see what they're going through. And if anyone's been paying attention to rugby league worldwide, you might've seen the stories around Euro 13 which looks as though it's a it's going to be a rugby league. Well, it is. It's a rugby league competition in Europe um, over a whole bunch of different nations. And we'll be doing a feature on that probably on Wednesday's episode. So keep an ear out for that one. Um, I think that's all the tidbits. Oh, stadiums. It sounds as though uh, in New South Wales, at least, they're going to be playing all games out of three stadiums. And I believe the reasoning for this was if they're broadcasting the rest of the world, they want it to look like as good a product as possible. Um, so they've picked definitely two picturesque locations, one being Central Coast, one being Bank West, and the third one being Campbelltown, which I guess they wanted a, a suburban feel as well. Um, not so much uh, up-to-date stadium, same as Brookie or something like that, but three stadiums and we've seen this from a number of sources. So I guess we can put honestly, some stock into it. I'm surprised it's not an LEMs and ANZ and all them. Well, they're not there. Yeah, no, but I, I'm not, I'm honestly surprised it's not at the big stadiums. We don't have any at the moment. I know. No. Oh, yeah. Bankwest <laughs> is the biggest stadium um, available in New South Wales because the other two are under renovation, aren't they? 
bloody Parramatta. Yeah, so um, nothing's official yet, but you can kind of put pieces together. You'd say probably Warriors, Newcastle, Manly would be playing out of Central Coast, Gosford. Uh, Ricky Stewart's pretty much said that Campbelltown's looking like the Raiders' home ground. And you're probably looking at oh, Dragons and Sharks. And then uh, you can, and your Bankwest being your Roosters, Rabbitohs, uh, Canterbury, Parramatta. I guess Penrith and West would probably be at Campbelltown as well. So that's nothing official. We'll, we'll hear more about that early in the week. Alrighty, so let's dive into the big news item of the week being the release of the draws for rounds three and four. So there's a couple of different ways we can look at this. Um, going back to the point system we did earlier in the season with regards to strength of schedule, I've brought that back and had a look. Jared hasn't had the um, benefit of seeing this yet, so some of this will be new to him as well. But basically looking at a point system based on where teams finished last year and where their odds are to win the premiership this year, we gave them a points uh, based on that. So if they're in the top four of either last year or the favorites this year, they got four points and then three points for the next four, two points, then one point. So over the next two rounds, um, if you put the finishing position of last year and the odds together, it gives you four options. So the hardest would be 16 points, meaning you're playing a top four team twice. Um, and there's only one team who got 16 out of 16 points. So meaning that they're versing a top four contender in both weeks. Any prizes for guessing who that is, Jared? Oh, let's have a look. Um... Broncos, who would Broncos play? Parramatta, no, Roosters. South Sydney. Um, yes, well done. I know that's what you were going to pick. Yeah, South Sydney played Roosters and Melbourne. Yeah, Maybe two bloody good games too. Yes, so when I did this table up, I split it between the 2-0 and o teams, the 1-1 one and one teams, and the 0-2 and two teams. Now, the 2-0 and o teams... Um, one, two, three, well, one, two, three, four, five, five out of the six, um, combined have the hardest runs over the next two weeks, um, outside the Rabbitohs. The bottom six, the Sharks, Roosters, Dragons, Bulldogs, Warriors, Titans, uh, five out of those six have the easiest next two weeks. So basically over the next two weeks, the top six unbeaten teams are pretty much all versing each other and the bottom six teams who haven't won are pretty much all versing each other. And then the so teams in the middle are pretty much getting a mixture. So it, it's going to be pretty interesting to see if anyone actually moves or you could have very possibly at the end of round four, up to 10 teams on two and two. I don't mind that. It'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, so so looking at it. The hardest run is... 16 points. So Parramatta, 13 out of 16. Newcastle, 12 out of 16. 12 out of 16 for Raiders. 15 out of 16 for Storm. So they've got Raiders and Rabbits. 14 out of 16 for Broncos. And then Penrith are 7 out of 16. They've got Knights and Warriors. Mm -hmm. So I said, apart from the Rabbitohs, they're all the hardest runs. Except, and then Roosters down near the bottom have got Rabbitohs and Broncos. So, that, that, yeah. There's, there's a situation um, where Roosters could be 0-4. Um, they got Rabbitohs and Broncos coming up. Yeah, I, I doubt it, but okay. I, I doubt I, I It would be against odds of what we've seen previously, but it's also not like they're versing... Um, Warriors and Gold Coast, yeah. 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 And Rabbits are 1-1. One one. They're fighting to... Get up into the eight. Broncos want to hold on. There's some bloody good games I'll be looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Like Broncos versus Para. It's like the big Ford pack of Broncos versus the, the flair of Para. That'd be awesome. And the first and time obviously... they're versing each other since Para pants them in the finals. Yeah. And then obviously the Roosters 
South Sydney game. You don't really have to talk about that too much. Storm and Raiders. Yeah, that's going to be a fantastic game. And then, you know, for me, my little brother supports Penrith, so I was was gunning for that one. Little mutant match there. Yeah, so that's going to be really good. Manly versus Bulldogs. It's always an arm wrestle. Yeah, well, that's that's what it'll be. It'll just be um, if Foran comes back, Foran versus Cherry, which would be pretty cool. But it would just be Foran trying to fight back mm. against the Manly just constant wave. So it'd be really, really it, if Bulldogs bring their attitude, it could be a really good game. They're a team that we've seemed to struggle against lately, like yeah. the last couple of seasons as well, for whatever they, reason. They, um, they'll miss Stimson, but um. Like Stimson versus Thompson would have been a fucking epic yeah, matchup. Nah, and so Seagulls it's gonna... are pretty settled with their squad. Um, yeah. So they'd go into it as favourites, but Bulldogs showed enough, at least in the first um, round, that they're definitely going to stick it to Manly. So I'm, yes. I'm having a look, at least just on round three, you're going to have... Well, there's one, two... There's going to be at least three teams. Three and no. Oh. Well, it has to be three teams because everyone in the top six are pretty much playing each other. Yeah. So you've got, yeah, Para and Broncos, both 2-0. and o. Newcastle and Penrith, both 2-0. and o. Raiders and Storm, both 2-0. and o. I wonder if they did that on the, for any reason. Oh, yeah. Well, I like it. I really like that it's going all out in the first game. It sounds like something Volandis would do. Oh, yeah. He just goes, fuck it. We just go straight. We'll go hard as we can the first round. Then you got Roosters and Rabbits, Cowboys and Titans, Queensland Derby there. Um, but looking at that, teams one and one, um, knowing that there has to be three teams out of the top six who are going to be two and one, um, Cowboys really have a shot to jump up. They're already in the eight, but just to move up the ladder, if they can put a number on the Titans. Um, sea Eagles could be in the same boat against the Bulldogs if they get off to a good start. Um, Rabbitohs and Roosters is, I don't predict it being a blowout either way. So you could have them both on one and two. And you could have Rabbits at two and one and Roosters 0 and three. Who knows? Yeah. Do you know what I love about it? I really love it. They released the draw, what was it? Thursday night, Friday during the day. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So, say theoretically, I think they did it. They released it like one o'clock in the afternoon. Do you know what got also released at like four o'clock that afternoon? The odds for the oh, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it could mean a lot. It, it's, yeah. it's already a tenth the way through the season. Yeah. It's awesome. They just went. Oh, good. The games are on. Let's sit down and have a meeting and figure out what odds we're going to put on it. All right. Who going into also um, looking at round three and four together? Who do you reckon's got the easiest first two games? Oh, let's have a look. So just do it on the eye test and then um, I'll see if it backs up. Uh, who Dragons playing? Dragons. Easy. They're playing Warriors and Bulldogs. Yeah. So their whole, like you look at last year's placements plus this year's odds, they got Warriors and Bulldogs adds up to a total of six out of 16. So, um, but it's quite funny because the Warriors have the exact same amount because they're versus Dragons and Penrith. Um, Um, So Warriors and Dragons have the easiest run on paper. Uh, followed by the Titans and Sharks, who are both at seven out of 16. So you've got four of the bottom six teams have the easiest runs and five of the top six have the hardest. So in saying that too, um, I don't know what based they're going to no maths apart from our own, but um, it's an example. I don't know what they're going to come out with, but I reckon for that first 20 minutes, Warriors are going to belt this shit out of the Dragons just because of the fact that they're going to come out like they've got nothing to lose. Like, pretty much with all the drama, they've had more drama than anyone else has in the last, well, this whole thing's going on. Mm. So, when, when you imagine it, like, it's the same kind of concept, I reckon, as when a coach gets fired during the week, you never want to play that team, like, that weekend. Yeah. Or that, <laughs> do you remember a couple of years ago when, um, what was it, 2010, when 
Melbourne got their points stripped off them. Mm. And I think they came out and played the Warriors that weekend. Yeah. And they just fucking routed them mm. because they were pissed off. I'm looking Are at you... the Eagles if Foreign comes back the week they play the Sea Eagles. Yeah. Like... Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. I reckon... I, I, I check the odds on the Warriors game and just throw a few a bit of money at them just to see if if, if they do come out with that fuck mm. you attitude. I don't know. It's going to be hard. Obviously, when that happens, it's hard to sustain that for the full 80, especially mm. uh, the first week back where you're just going to be seeing... There's going to be players... Oh, Even yeah. whole squads are just going to be blowing. Um, yeah, it just it just depends how dragons handle it. But I just I, you just know when someone something goes wrong with a club, you just don't want to play them that weekend. I, I think honestly, one one thing in dragons' favour is they're getting what five players back or three players back yeah. who haven't played um, season in McInnes and Sims. Um, yeah, so Sims. That, they've got stuff to play for as well. So that that could be kind of like <laughs> a. Um, a highlight of a match in between all these yeah. other actual blockbusters. So, yeah, and but I think a thing that's gonna we'll touch on it more when we do the rounds. But a thing that's gonna affect this season is suspensions. So you got those big name players who, like for example Nathan Brown or um, Tavita Pangai. They um, if they get you know if they get one suspension for eight weeks. <laughs> For an 18 yeah. round season for the rest of the season, that's that's bad. And there's no buys either. So um, player management, I think, was brought up in one of the articles today, and I kind of looked at that. And went, you got to kind of be kidding. Like they've just had an extra preseason of just rest. Oh, sorry, off season, not preseason. Um, yeah, they're not going to get buys, but they've had a longer rest than they usually would anyway. Yeah, they got none of the players are saying that. None of the no, no, it wasn't players. It was just... No. Yeah, but the players... The, I, I actually watched a footy show this morning and they're Jeez. saying that... Um, I think it was like that stupid 10 minutes with Sturlow, the three media guys. No, I didn't. And they, and they come up with how they don't reckon Origins are going to be as quality because they're playing straight after the grand final. And I was sitting there, I'm like, it's going to be fucking epic. That's going to be huge. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm not even going to get the best players. And I'm like, even if they don't, even if there's like one or two injuries, the players are going to come in, going to go harder. Why, Just why as hard or harder. the best players? I don't get that argument. Oh, no. I, 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 would imagine, I would imagine as soon as you get knocked out of finals, they'll yeah. go straight into origin camp. Yeah. He's going to walk straight on the fit, Fitler's or Walter's doorstep and they're going to go hard as the... Yeah. Keep them game ready. Um, the other thing that's quite interesting is looking at teams like uh, Melbourne, Roosters, Broncos, are probably the three most recent who have really been impacted over origin. That's not going to happen this year. So you're not going to have um, yeah. usually your, your Warriors, they make a point of it uh, throughout origin where they lose almost nobody coming up against severely weakened teams as a chance to pick up points. Well, that's the thing. That's not um, going to be there unless the coach determines the rest players at certain points through the season. Well, I wouldn't be surprised that going to have, especially the Roosters with Boyd Cordner. Mm. But um, everyone was, uh, is exactly right. No one's going to have any opportunity to beat a few weakened teams um, this year. Like Newcastle went on a five-game winning streak last year and it was right smack in the middle, middle mm. of Oregon. They thought they were well beaters, but then you turn around. I'm pretty sure they beat the Roosters and they got forty points on them when the bloody team came yeah. back. So it's so it's a big deal that Origin season and Broncos especially have suffered for it over the years because it's obviously one of the only Queensland portion. teams. So yeah, I think there's still stupid. people out there saying this season's going to have an asterisk next to it, and I kind of hate that because every team is doing the same competition as each other. There's not going to be buys. With all the stuff going on, this could be one of the hardest premierships to win. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a legit as as any other um, season. It's going to have your full finals. There's still going to be origin. Uh, it's just going to look different. And, yeah, it's uh, going to... There's slightly less games, but oh, I everyone's still put, doing the same amount. I, I kind of put an asterisk on it. Um... 
not in a bad way though. Like, like you said, I reckon this is going to be a really hard season. Like, these guys are, you know, played two games, had a full preseason, played two games, and had another preseason, and then there's going to go hard as nails for it. For yeah, well, they're going to hope they're going to go for what twenty two weeks from now on, and yeah, I reckon we're going to see some a lot of um, a lot more desperate plays just to win games. So I reckon it's going to, there will be an asterisk, but I don't think anyone watching is going to think it's a bad thing. Yeah, I like, I like that point you made. There will be an asterisk in the record book saying COVID-19, six, uh, five less rounds. But yeah, from a fan's perspective, I don't think you can justify, oh, that season didn't count because we didn't win because it was that COVID year. Hmm. That's bullshit. That's such a cop out. Um, the other thing I was thinking of today is because you've got five less games, players on the last year of a contract, fighting for another contract, whatever, mm. there's five less games to, to prove your worth. And um, coaches are going to have to work things out because your yeah. late season... Well, you've seen Melbourne actually get tired the last couple of seasons towards the end of the year. Um, so it might freshen them up a little bit. Uh, you see teams have gone in your winning streaks, like your Knights, uh, Penrith, they don't have to sustain that for as long this year. So is that going to be enough to get them into fifth rather than eighth? It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, it, it, I've said it before. It's going to come down who has the smartest preparation and who thinks to do something that's a little bit different that's going to suit the way the game's played. And yep. if you're interested, who is the smartest, I wouldn't say coach, but the organisation to get their players ready. You also, so, did you already see Cooper Cronk come out today saying how... You've got to run through the middle? Yeah, it's going to be yeah. less expansive because if you run through the middle and get another six, why would you spread the ball wide off a kick return? Yeah, that's right. And, yeah, there's going to be... And it's going to come out next week who hasn't properly done their fitness either mm. as well. We touched on that a little bit more. To, we touched on that a little bit, but like everyone I've seen has come out and said, oh, we come back in third... Per- in physical shape and everyone's all good. Everyone's super positive. Like I heard, uh, oh, Michael Morgan and Adam O'Brien say it. I've said it. So everyone said it so far. Next week, we're going to find out who's the bullshit. We're actually going to see, yeah. Yeah, like players like Moses Suley. How much do you reckon he's been doing behind the doors? He's notorious of being unfit. Well, he's been so, around between St. George and Manly trying to work out his contract. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I'm going... Everyone's come, but it's just going to be. I'm super curious. Like I'm, I'm about to do a little sprint here. My legs are going nuts. It's because of the fact I'm really keen to see what team come out of this the best. Because with the amount of stats you've done so far has been the fact that whoever wins those first five games, they're going to have a massive advantage. So massive. it's going to be. Oh, I can't wait. So we're getting closer. So we're going to. We got yeah. Let's say we will touch on it again um, as we get closer and closer, but we're going to jump into two, our next two teams. Um, Benny Taylor from last week, the Broncos fan, uh, got back in contact with the show uh, with regards to uh, the choice of Berrigan in my team. And um, his response was along the lines, I've just got it here. Said, fun fact of the 2006 Premiership with Berrigan. He started that season in the centres and had about 15 tries around top of the try scorers list. Switched to hooker from there. Um, and Ben believes that's a master's move from Bennett that got them uh, the premiership. Prelim versus dogs were down 20 to six at half time. And Barrow was an absolute warrior on both sides of the ball that game to get him in it. And yet he still didn't pick him in his squad. <laughs> I was like, yes, well, that's, that's justified my, my choice. Yeah, well, we, we, we went on a little, we had a little love fest for Berrigan last week for that reason. He was a freak. And he said, felt blasphemous to not have a Walters in there. <laughs> He's like, he had to get one in, so he got one in. So, cheers for that, Benny. Um, so, this week, yeah, we got the... We're going to start off with the Cowboys, because Jared actually did this one last week um, and, we, and didn't use it. So, we're going to let him kick off um, with... I'm guessing we're both going to have monster forward packs here. Oh, not so much monster. Once they monster, very mobile. I'd call it more mobile. Yeah, with right. a decent with a lot of aggression in it. 
That's not I'm, cool. I'm looking through my 13 and I'm going to put a number down that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to say 11 out of 13, we're going to have the same. I'm going to put it 11. Okay, okay. And out of the okay. 17, I don't think we'll have close. I reckon 11 out of 13, but I think it might be more like 13 of 17, all up. We'll get okay. the same. Okay, obviously the fullback's the lock with Matt Bowen. Um, Deal. I've got Tate and Bowman in my centres. Have you got them? Yeah, I'd say Bowman is very uninspiring as a choice, but oh. he, he's the lockdown centre. He's the defensive specialist. He yeah. played like 600 games for 20 tries, but he probably, he probably saved more tries. Yeah. Like actual try savers, then I think he probably would have scored. He, he, I reckon I'd come close to calling him one of the best defensive centres in the game in history. Mm. Yeah, he was great. And he had a good origin career too, so... Yeah. Yep, so we're three for three. All right, so I've got, obviously, got Felt, try winning. I scored the try that practically won the game for the Cowboys' only grand final. Yeah. If anything's going to get you in a team, it's that. And I got Singh. Yeah, so our back five is exactly the same. Yeah, so with Felt, it wasn't even that try. But he's just been so consistent, and he's one of the best finishers. He's tall, and he can kick like a fucking freak, too. I think the two the two that can feel unlucky in the back line, um, Josh Hannay, for one, with a goal kicker as well, but obviously got Thurston and Felt. Um, and also, now it's just jumped away from my head. I had someone else. Bloody hell. It'll come no, back. Oh, Antonio Winnerstein. He actually nah. played really well. Um, for yeah, the but... And he was... His try-scoring pace was really decent for a... In the era that he was in um, and not being under the high balls of strength of his, he, he, he warranted consideration for me as well. Willie Tonga, right. Ash Graham, those sort of guys as well. But, yeah, um, five for five. And I've got... I've got Morgan at six. Yep. And then casually throw the second best player ever in seven. Yeah, the best player in seven. Awesome. <laughs> uh, As probably the best. By Fox Sports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably the best front rower in our time. Like, well, he'd be up there anyway, Matt Scott. Yeah, he'd be up there, yeah. Yeah, um, and then I got one of the most consistent hookers in the competition, Aaron Payne. Yep. He was never overly flash, but he always got the job done. Yeah. He would have played a lot more games for Queensland. I think he was the next cab off the rank if Smith wasn't there. Yeah, that's uh, true. Poor bastard. And then I had Carl Webb as the other front rower. Aggressive, small. Well, like he was short, wasn't small. And I have oh, he, he, brings, ultra- he, he brings some um, X Factor, some aggression, yeah. some penalties given away. But anyway, so we're 10 for yeah. 10 so far. And then I got there, um, well, ultra consistent, never let you down, best hole runner of first and ever. He was the, he was the Steve Menzies to the Jonathan Thurston, yeah. Gavin Cooper. Cool. Now you got the big fella talking about penalties, Luca O'Donnell. I'm guessing you're going to have Tom Malolo? No, Dallas Johnson. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) No, 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 Tom Malolo. So we had the the exact same starting 13. Well, they they were easy just because of the fact they haven't been around too much. The bench will probably change it. Um, I've got Johnson on my bench. You had to have Johnson on your bench. Jesus Christ. So we've had one change. I couldn't fit him. I I couldn't. Okay, and then I got someone... Who's never really talked about much, but if you ask anyone who played in that grand final, that's they'll pump him up a lot in Scott Bolton. Yeah, he got my seventeen over Johnson. Yeah. yeah. And I got James Tamo. Yeah. I think he played his best years at the Cowboys. Yeah, he hasn't too. really shown that much at the Pembroke yet, even though he's their captain. And then I put Hannay on the bench. Okay, so he was your utility. I was wondering who you're gonna put yeah. in there. Yeah. So I put who's, the one that I put in, I know you're not a big fan of, but I believe 
when he played for this club, this was his best form. And as a Queensland fan, um, he was a player I was really worried about because yeah. he was going to be piss one me of the off right now. Yeah, he was going to be one of the first selected New South Wales until he broke his arm or leg. I can't remember which one. Oh, you did not. I think it was his arm. No, nah, it's his leg. He's like, you're talking about hole runners. His form for the seasons that he was in the Cowboys, he hasn't played that anywhere else he's gone. He's He kind of got towards it with the Dragons last year. But um, the other thing is I'm looking at that forward pack and outside of Carl Webb, I guess Luke O'Donnell did a little bit, but there's not much. Luke O'Donnell, that was his. That was a Luke O'Donnell. He was just aggressive. Yeah, I know, but he was also injured like eighty percent of the season. So it's so always Tarek Sims. So, yeah, but you put the two of them together, you're going to get one decent player for a whole season. <laughs> and because no. I went, because I went with Tamo and Bolton on the bench as well, two guys who are just going to come on and do their job, but not bring any X factor off the bench. Um. Yeah, I went Sims. I think Glenn Hall played over 100 games as yeah. well. Glenn Hall's a struggle for me. I love Glenn Hall. You, yeah. I love those consistent no-frills players. If you look back towards the start, you had your John Buttigigs, Glenn Morrison, again, Julian O'Neill, Michael Luck made his debut yeah. played over 80 yeah. games. Kevin Campion, Paul Rahihi, Shane Tronk. Like, all yeah. these sort of just... Workhorse sort of guys, and you couldn't get them all in. So I went with my Scott Bolton as the workhorse, the prop in Tamo, X Factor in Sims. And my utility is a bit more modern, but um, I believe compared to Hannay, was it uh, Ben Barber? This, this guy can cover more positions. Um, halves, fullback, I'm sure center or wing if he needed him to. And I'm pretty sure he goal kicked at one point. Not that it's um, he's known for. Uh, he's over in England now. He's still playing. But I think he played really well for the Cowboys and um, was there for their grand final win as well. So I threw Lachlan Coote onto the bench. Oh, yeah. Um, so he did kick. The huh? reason I... He did? Um, he did kick. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, the reason I put Hanang, I understand Lachlan Coote would have done what was amazing for him. Mm. Um, but the reason I put Hanang, I just think he earned his spot no matter where. Yeah. Uh, Lachlan Coote, obviously more of a utility than him, but Josh Hannay, like, his try-scoring record, played for Queensland. When Cowboys were bad, he just yeah. led from the front every single game. So I think he just earns his spot out of respect more than anything. Like, probably if you want to win a game, you'd put Coop in a fullback. At, That's probably what I want utility. my best team to do, so yeah. Yeah, no, no, but I, you don't want your best team to win. You're a Manly fan. But, um, yeah, I'll keep thinking. I should have put Hopper White in instead of Robertson. That's my bad. But, <laughs> but I also think, I think, look, Lachlan, after they lost Matty Bowen, they found they went through so many fullbacks to try and find someone to replace him. They finally thought they got it. Um, oh, sorry, no. I was thinking Ben Barber, then he came in after. But, um, Lachlan Coote, I think, came up. Wasn't a huge amount of uh, media around him, but he played really well for him, and, yeah, and he was a, a big sweet he, he, play. He was a fringe New South Wales player there yeah. for a while. He was, he was just, really he's similar to Kirk Kidley. Yeah, just was never going to get there. But he, um, yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy with that team. It's it's safe. Yeah, it's got points. Um, Thurston's got a whole bunch points. of people to put through. Yeah. I, I love the room. idea of Bowen, Thurston and Morgan and Payne in the same team. Mm. That is just so much creativity in one team. Yeah. Like who, who, where do you go? And Aaron Payne was surprisingly fast for... Yeah, and he was, he was super creative. Him and Thurston... Mm. They were so good in, to watch. Like if they had... I want to say the best forward pack because they've always had a half-decent forward pack, but I, they, they didn't, never just had that really... Like punching player in there. Tamalolo wasn't the Tamalolo he was now. He was yeah. still inconsistent, still learning his trade. Yeah, but like their 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 forward pack, as you said, was never really aggressive and in your face. It was more of a mm. workhorse fullback over the years. And when they won their premiership, that's probably what they found in Tamalolo. 
Yeah. So um, if Payne was there, I'm saying that too, they did have Granville. Yeah. But I, I, Payne was just, had that it's experience head on me. As well. Yeah. So, yeah, I would all, if Payne was there, they would, it wouldn't even, Broncos wouldn't have even come close, I reckon. If you look at, like, I'm just looking at all the players that I've written down for Cowboys, you could just get a 1 to 17 workman's team out of this. Because yeah. you got Ty Williams, yeah. as well, like winger, you put him at fullback. And like I said, you Shane Trunk, Steve Southern, um, Ethan Lowe, Kane Linnett. <laughs> oh man, Frankenstein himself. Oh man, you could you could get a workman's you could get a workman seventeen out of that. All right, so let's have a look now. This one, woo! There's going to be some people jumping on us. I believe your sister's a Sharks fan, if I'm not. Ah, uh, she, she, yeah. All right, so do you want me to go first, or you do? Well, I know that I, this is one that we went over at this um, before the show. I know back five are the same we kind of stopped there but okay yeah, this is so, tough for us because it's not a um sharks haven't had a lot of success um they've had their one grand final win and we both found going through this there's some there's a lot of guys with similar statistics similar games played a lot of them before we started actually watching the sharks a lot and then you've just got superstars littered throughout the last um, in that time period, so it's quite difficult um, putting plays in you didn't watch a lot of. Uh, so we'll see see how we go. If you're a Sharks fan, rip into us if you don't like what we're doing. So obviously back five. Um, I've got to take a hit here. We're doing it kind of together, and I stupidly ask Adam, who can I put in the centres? I don't know, he punched me through the computer because obviously E.T. Like, come on. But, okay, so you got Peachy at fullback and you got Matt Rogers and Valentine Holmes, I reckon, on the wing, which I still maintain is his best position. And then, obviously, Andrew Eddinghausen. I put him down as captain. And Bungana. Then their halves, I've got Preston Campbell and Brett Kamali. Um, I've got, I hate this, I've got Fafita at front row. Ooh, uh, I've got him on my bench. So I've got Ennis at hooker. Ben Ross, I reckon he was a great player for him. Yeah, I couldn't fit him in, but I can see why you got him. And this back row legitimately scares me. I will say that one of the players in there would be, after Andrew Johns retired, my favourite player to watch in the whole of the NRL. And that is Luke Lewis. I love Luke Lewis. He was an absolute weapon. I thought you were going to say Scott Minto. I don't know why he didn't play more in New South Wales. I really don't. He could have. And then I've got Wade Graham as my other second rower. Yeah. And then I've got, obviously, had to put Paul Gallon in there. Love him or hate him. He's their best lock. Um, Then I've got John Morris, their current coach. No. And um, Luke Douglas and Jeremy Smith, and then um, right on that Greg Bird. Oh yeah. So when I said before, like there's a whole bunch of players that you could put in with similar stats, like your Ben Ross, Luke Douglas, Jeremy Smith. Um, you look through the rest of the list. You've got guys like Danny Nutley, Robbie Kearns, Cade Snowden. Anthony Tupo. There's like a whole bunch of um, uh, guys very similar to these guys um, that Jared didn't have in. So looking through my team, pretty much exactly the same. Or the back seven, or all the the backs exactly the same. Uh, hooker the same, back row the same. But I went a bit more old school with my props. Um, I went with I, I like to call him. The brick on legs. I know Lazarus with the brick with eyes, I think. Um, but this guy didn't even know what a sidestep was um, in Martin Lang. I just loved everything about him. He just got the ball, took it up, boom. Give us 10 metres, give us 10 metres, he'll do it all day. Jason Stevens, one of the most damaging props in the game when he was on top of his game. So they were my two starting props with Lewis Gallen and Graham in my back row. 
And then with the bench, I went half new school, kind of half old school as well. So my utility was Chris McKenna. So been able to play second row or at centre. Uh, workmanlike, very strong player, very safe. Andrew Fafida, bit of punch off the bench. Um, Greg Bird brings me my aggression. And then Tawira Nickow, um, such a good player. Uh, Melbourne, uh, Cronulla. And I didn't know this, but until we did a bit more research, but he actually started his career at Castlewood, played over 150 games over in the Super League before he came over, then played for uh, Sharks in Melbourne, and then went back and played for Warrington. So not a bad bunch of four teams to play your career in. And looking through that team, uh, it's pretty damn good. And considering they only won their first premiership a few years ago, you're looking at some of the players on this going, man, if they were all kind of here together, I know it's a point in this whole exercise, but I think this is going to be one of the dark horse teams kind of moving forwards. So into the bracket. So we'll, um, yeah, I'm trying to look for the weakest link there. And it may be, it may be the Hubs and Campbell and, uh, Kamali, and if that's your weakness, you've got a damn good team because there's nothing really weak about those guys. Um, so that takes us through, I think we've done eight teams now. We've got Sharks, Cowboys, Broncos, Manly, Knights. Uh, I feel like we're missing one there. Bulldogs, Warriors, and West. So, yeah, we're pretty much halfway through. Um, keep shooting your teams in because it's better for us. We like it more when fans put their teams in. So if you're a Raiders fan or a uh, Roosters fan, Storm fan, any teams that we haven't covered yet, make sure you shoot them through because we love to see uh, what you guys think of your own teams. You know, um, you know sorry. Sorry. Um, you know, I really struggled with, and it's kind of highlighted in the last two teams we did, is players... I feel like should be there out of respect, but probably don't make the best team. Like yeah. I, I have to border it as like, for example, Mitch Healy. Yeah. <laughs> so I never even heard of this bloke. And Adam was going on twenty-two games yeah. for the Sharks at five-eight. Yeah, never even heard of him. But yeah, Don so Docking. like Luke, Luke, Luke Douglas. I wouldn't say he's been, you know. The greatest player, but you know, he, he was always one of the first put on the team sheet because he was very consistent and safe. And he well, they didn't have over, anyone else at the time, yeah. And they played what over 200 games, so yeah, like, and then on the same boat, Josh Hanna, he probably wouldn't be around that team out as well as Lachlan Coot would, but I can't get past him just because of the fact of what he did for that club, so. I really struggle with the idea of finding the best players out of talent but respect. Yeah, that's fair. So it's just, yeah, I struggle with it, but I'm sticking to what I'm doing. Cool, cool. So, um, yeah, like I said, if you've got any of those other teams, shoot them through to us. But um, we're going to finish with, you might have seen uh, this week on Facebook, I think we've put it up. We are going to be doing a live stream, our first one, which will be during uh, Thursday's game next week. So, uh, Not next week, sorry. 28. Week after, 28th. Um, I'm going to head up to Jared's and uh, we're going to be watching the game at his place. Uh, but we're going to have a live stream um, on us as well. So you guys can chat with us through the game, preferably through YouTube, YouTube chat. Um, you'll see that our YouTube links on the on the website as well, up in the write-up, on the bio. You just click on the Spotify link, Apple Pod link, wherever you get your podcast, and our website will be up there. And um, we're going to have a prize giveaway at halftime based around, a, I don't know, we'll do some trivia or something like that. So if you want to chat with us during the game, YouTube chat's the best way, uh, but you can reach out on Twitter as well. And yeah, just to get, us, show get that to know night. us a little bit better. Sorry, Jared. We're going to have a new star on the show that night. Oh, you're coming up to my place. My dog's going to be in it. I mean, come on. Oh, geez. I was like, what? I didn't know we had someone else. But yeah. No, no. He, he's going to be sitting on that lap the entire time. 
So if you're as keen about the footy as we are and you're going to be cracking a couple of beers watching the game, um, may as well do it with us as well. So hopefully we can see you then. Other than that, we'll uh, catch you guys Thursday morning. See you later, guys. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to Six Again. Connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and the Six Again website. All links via the show's bio. Be sure to check out Adam's craft beer choice of the week.